We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in, Wednesday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here with you today. The uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game last night uh, paves the way for today. Maybe the is it the only day of the year that none of the uh, big four men's professional sports are playing a game today as uh, baseball still takes another day off before they get started with their second half of the season. You, and you better watch no, your NBA uh, Summer League blasphemy right here off the bat. I mean, that does not count um, whatsoever. Th- Thunder Pacers play tonight. I, I can tell you that. That's, There's a lot of significance to that. I mean, the, 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 the winner is going to be in a much better shape, much a leg up heading into the 2023-2024 season. Maybe... You know the confidence that you get for winning a summer league game. Look, um, every every time Chet falls down, we worry about it at our house. Okay, so just I mean, are they playing him every game? No, he he got yesterday off. He's played well. He's played well. Has he? Yeah, he's played well. Trey Mann's played well. Everybody's played well. It's been been a Keontae Johnson played really well last I'm night. I'm rooting for him. Oh hell yeah, he's a great. I'm story. really rooting for him big time. I mean, I couldn't tell you a lot of anything, but I'm just, he looks the part. I was rooting for him. He looks good. So he's like he's going to make the team. Uh, he signed a two way. Did he? Okay. Yeah. So with and with the Thunder, that means he'll get some opportunities because they their two way their G League team plays in the same building as the Thunder. Oh, really? Yeah. So he'll. What are their name? Are they the, the Energy or something? The Blue. The Blue. Okay. Yeah, they're not very creative with OKC. They just roll it out. <laughs> the Blue. The Blue. <laughs> it's like a scrimmage. Yeah. <laughs> Second unit. You're the Blue. So that's the uh, that's, but he'll he'll get opportunities. He'll absolutely get chances. They have their own logo. Um, it's very similar to the Thunder logo, but, but I'm shocked. But yeah, by that yeah, blown away. Really, podcast brought to you by the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. Donuts, ribs, lunch specials. You know the drill by now. We told you yesterday. Make sure if you're uh, around a crystal this Sunday, eleven to uh, five, eleven a.m. five p.m. One dollar ice cream day. That is this Sunday. That's Brookhaven, Byram, Gluckstadt, Oxford, Saltillo, and the Saltillo Crystal open 24 hours a day starting here uh, recently. So um, head in, get some ice cream on Sunday, 11 to 5. I'm sure it's going to be scalding and hot, and it will uh, 
Tantalizer Taste Buds there at those crystal locations. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 the number. Call it, ask for our buddy Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes. In business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Uh, great service, great products. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. I'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. Again, 662-257-1900. I've got a day full of interviews with people joining on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. If you're a displaced corporate executive or you're wanting to put your career in your own hands, if you're an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify, Andy Ludeke can help. He uh, owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy and put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. A lot of our listeners, our subscribers at rebelgrove.com have reached out to Andy and uh, a handful have become uh, franchisees. So find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or contact Andy anytime at andy at myperfectfranchise.net or on his cell 404-973-9901. Yeah, pretty slow week in the uh, sports world. Yesterday we had an all-star game. We had uh, congressional hearings for the PGA Tour. Oh. That is uh, that is about it um, for the most part. Um, I'm not going to go through all the PGA Tour thing, but it essentially was everyone saying, hey, the Saudis are terrible people, and then some of the people going, yeah, but why are we worried about this as opposed to everything else that's going on? And then some people said, you guys are giving away all of your morals and your integrity for money and creating a monopoly in the sport. So. Those were the two prevailing thoughts that were going through Congress yesterday in a nutshell there for the PGA Tour. You know, going to Congress to look for morality is, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> it's like going to Walmart looking for a Cadillac. I mean, you're not going to find one. If you want a, uh, a pretty good read today, we'll give you a, a, a read recommendation. It is... Uh, Donovan Nada Jr. with Seth Wickersham on ESPN. He was free and clear how the leak of John Gruden's email led to the fall of the commander's Don, Dan Snyder um, this oh. morning. So that's uh, sounds interesting. Yeah, pretty good read there on the uh, on the ESPN deal. We didn't talk about it yesterday, and I don't know that I'm going to spend a ton of time on it this morning. But it's been on my mind. You and I mentioned it in passing as I was leaving yesterday. The New York Times getting rid of their sports section mm-hmm. to use the athletic. Um, I have so many oh, thoughts okay. here in, 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 in whatever. But the point really that's prevailing here is the athletic has struggled to find any way to make money. They've laid off tons of people, including stopping local coverage of Major League Baseball for the most part because it's cost effect. It's not cost effective, and now you're. Well, here, here's what I don't. Here, here's what makes no sense, and this is just business in general. This has nothing to do with journalism or anything else. Before anybody goes, thinks we're getting down this media nerd wormhole. If we want to, we can today. I mean, there's not a lot going on. I mean, you know, yeah, I'll get to a couple things later, but yeah, not a lot going on. But so you're taking all these really talented New York Times sports writers and going just because you don't work for the Athletic, we're taking you off sports. You're no longer covering the thing that you are an expert or elite at because you got to the New York Times. Yeah. We're just going to use the people, the athletic, like even if you wanted to do this in some structure, wouldn't you simply take the athletics writers 
and combine everybody into whatever that should look for? Because they're all under your umbrella. I mean, it's it's a not like we talk every day, but a little bit more personal for me because Scott Cassiola is the New York Times, friend of ours, used to cover Ole Miss. And he essentially is going to either get laid off or get moved to a different beat to do something else. And he is far superior to many of the athletic writers who would be covering said things moving forward. Some of what has happened is some of the people who are at the Times, I don't know whether Scott fits in this category or not. I haven't talked to Scott in a long time. I, I don't know. Probably not. Looked down their noses at the athletic. Sure. Those aren't real journalists. And so there was never any willingness on their part to ingratiate the content with the New York Times. Sure. And the New York Times bled money. And now they've got this athletic staff. They don't know what to do. And very few people are worse business people than journalists. Mm -hmm. It's true. And so here we are. The Los Angeles Times, for the most part, is dying. Mm-hmm. The LA Times. I mean, it's not that long ago, hell, my career, when getting to the LA Times or the New York Times was lofty, ambitious stuff. And now those people are, I don't know where they go. I don't know what happens. But we've talked about this before. I'm jumping around with thoughts. You're fine. Local journalism is dead. It's dead. Well, there are a lot of things that have happened in our community over the last, last six months that simply haven't been known by a w- wide margin of the the, the, the the population, if you will, because of a lack of local journalism. Things where I go, wow, that stayed quiet. I go, well, who's who's illuminating it? There's, And this isn't a criticism because the Oxford Eagle tries. But yeah, you only I mean, have a handful of people. No, they're owned by a terrible company that puts no money in anything. And so what, do you, what do you do? Yeah, it's not the reporter's yeah. fault at the Eagle. Like the one cat covering sports can't cover all sports. No, it's just not possible. I don't even know who the one person is covering sports anymore. I think I do, but I'm a little worried about having the wrong name, so I'm okay. just not even going to say it. Out well, the last loud, time I, I talked I about I the last time I talked about the Oxford Eagle, they called me in. Um, yeah, we really pissed them off that week. We're defending you here. Yeah, not your fault. Not your fault. I think you're owned by Boone. It's their fault. I worked for Boone one Did time. You? Terrible. They people. sucked in too. Terrible people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Boone and Gannett would have a race for the worst person and it would be neck and neck. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have a lot. To, I have a lot of thoughts about where journalism's gone because I guess I've probably experienced it. This isn't a criticism of you. I've, I've probably experienced it more than you have. I was in that mainstream journalism and then I got out and when I got out everyone told me I was an idiot and I kind of thought that I probably was and now I look around at some of the people like I would have never guessed five years ago Andy Staples would be working for on three. Oh no I would have never guessed that no. and good for Andy I bet he's making a ton of money and wherever Ross is headed yeah I don't know do you know I don't know okay I don't I, either I, I would, have guesses I would I, I would guess on three really hmm that, that, anyway. Is that not your guess? He doesn't really fit what they seem to be trying to do. At all. So if he is, he's heading up some other division that they are right. just now announcing. I don't know. Because they like because Andy's like his introduction to on three and Andy and I go way back. I've I've known Andy a long time. Um 
his introduction to on three was kind of, and this isn't a criticism. It's not I promise, but it was kind of the rah, rah. I love college football. I love college football. It's what we're going to talk about college football, college football. Yeah, sure. And I don't know that that's Ross at all, but not really his personality. No, Ross is very much, Hey, I'm more a little, really more interested in just the people and their stories. And it just happens to be football that I cover. There is a difference. It's a big difference. Yeah. Both incredible at what they do in different ways. Mm -hmm. Andy loves football. Ross loves people and happens to cover football. Yes. It's a big difference. Yes. Ross could transfer to basketball tomorrow and be just fine. Scott Cassiola is not even really a sports fan. He loves people. Right. He just happens to be really good at doing the sports part of people. Um, He's done a really good job of covering the NBA for a guy who's probably not a basketball fan. No, I don't think so. Remarkable, really. Yeah. Some great game story stuff where you go, wow, that was really good. And I don't think he sits at home and turns the TV on and watches hoops. No, 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 no. I mean, I, he might. Like I said, I, I've, I've told this story on the podcast. My favorite thing him for him always was he was on deadline, and he is so intense, and anybody making noise in the press box or doing the, the playful whatever, and he just would lose his – after them. Like, it would be just yelling and screaming, and can you guys please – and he's maybe the reporter on the beat over the last – well, he is because he's one of the most talented people we've dealt with the most talented person we've dealt with on the beat over the last 20 years. And he would get so mad at the off-topic question that would pull him off whatever he was trying to ask at some of the media members that are in our room where he'd be going down this wormhole and this take and everything and really trying to get to the heart of a matter or something. Somebody goes, so what about the cover, too? And he was like, oh, my God. I'm, 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 I'm trying to get here right now. It's why I hate press conferences. Hate them. He actually almost got into a fight one day with a person. Understood. Yeah, understood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can't stand press conferences yeah. now. The pass the mic around, and some people are at, there's some of the people that ask questions. I want to go. Do you use that? I mean, this the answer that you're about to get. Are you going to use that? And the answer is yes. They're okay. going to write 17 qu- stories from a press conference. Uh, no, Jake's been with on three for a while now. It's not him. Uh, which kind of proves your point there, proves our point. Um, okay. You're, it was very clear when you came up what would be aspirational from a sports media standpoint, where you would want to work after college, what is the goal, what is mm-hmm. the pinnacle. Sure. Pretty obvious. Yeah. Still pretty obvious when I came up to. You still knew, hey, this makes sense. And now it was getting more niche. There was online. There was things. It kind of depended on what you want to want to do. But like Mark asked a question here. He says, unpaid students broke the biggest college football story of the year. Where are they going to work when they graduate? I'm, I'm not even worried about – I'm not even taking that side of it from what is the economy and where literally are they going to work. The question is, what is the pinnacle anymore? What is, what, what is best-case scenario for really talented reporters in their early to mid-20s who come out? What, like, what is the thing where they go, hey, on the resume, I want to be there when I'm 35 years old. I don't even think we could identify what that place is. No clue. No clue. Look at how much our business has changed. What we do has changed because I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. We adapted. We've talked about this a bunch of times, but it is the Wednesday in July that is dead. Yeah, you're not leaving us today if you're leaving. I mean, 
football's coming this time next week. I'll be at media. Media days. day is on Monday, and we're go. We'll, yeah. we'll 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 break down all the filibustering press conferences that happen next week in Nashville. But if if people are right that young people don't read, other than Twitter and Instagram, then the answer is. They have to find some space in the audiovisual world, which is so crowded. And then you better be really good at it. And then I don't know where, how do you get good at it? Like when I was 23, 24 years old, I couldn't have done this. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, I had to go learn how to write, learn how to report. I got some radio opportunities like Chris Stewart had a show in Birmingham and he would get me to guest host it all the time. Oh, really? And, um, you know, I'm not sure anybody listened because, you know, Feinbaum sort of dominated the airwaves and, and there was another big show on WJOX. So it was like the, you know, public access kind of thing. So you got a chance to screw up. Um, I, I don't I don't know where I don't I don't know where young people jump in now. I just I have no clue. It's it, I, Mark has a great thing in the in the, in the, the stream. Unpaid students broke the the biggest college football story of the year. Where are they going to work when they graduate? I don't know. I could I could I have a lot of thoughts on the reporting of the Pat Fitzgerald story, and yet I'd I'd like to see more. Yeah. I've I've one I asked myself this in the middle of the night last night. I actually woke up thinking about it. Would I have written what they wrote? That's based on anonymous. I, I, Anonymous sources, when one of the sources is a disgruntled former player who first reported this days after he did not get the start in a game that he thought he deserved to start in. And then and then when anonymous people after the fact come in and go, hey, there was a culture that promoted racism. I'd like to think that I would have looked those people in the eye and said, hey, listen. If you'll put your name on this, we're in. We're in. If you won't put your name on this, I'm not willing to write that. It's it's what's and this is just a sports media thing. It's what's great and really scary about student media because I'm I'm a huge proponent of student media. I think you know I've I've told this before. I mean, you know, I was struggling with the story when I was in school, and Ralph Brasseth, who was the the person over the SMC at the time, he goes, you know, the engineering students don't put their toothpick bridges on display the first time. It's like, hey, you're putting it out there. Trust it. It is what it is. But it's student media writes a lot of things that sometimes can be like, wow, you got that out there. And it, w- it would not have passed the sourcing criteria for a professional publication that was not student media. And you go, wow, that, that that's great or whatever. It can also be very, very dangerous because it – it's what's funny about this. It looked exactly like a student media report. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in every way. It's, hey, this is really good stuff, and it might be great and real, and this is awesome and whatever. And you go, yeah, but there's a reason why we have layers to making sure something's good for print. There's a, there's a reason why this is where it is and where the middle of this should be. Um, no, I, I would have, if I'm the advisor of a thing, I would have, I would have had several questions. I said, hey, hold on. Help me here. Get me through this. Show me this. Show me this. Why them? Why do they? Why do they care? Knowing what you know, and obviously you don't know everything. Sure, but knowing what you know, would you have published it? Knowing what I know, mm-hmm. not in the scope that they did. 
I would have had enough for a story. Would have had enough for probably multiple stories. I don't know that I would have been able to get by past some of the things that they reported. I would have edited heavier for sure. Would you have asked for proof of some form of proof of the hazing? I would need sourcing, even if it was anonymous. I don't really have an issue with anonymous sourcing in general. It would need to be sourcing outside a particular sect where they all had just talked previously to that. Mm-hmm. I would need an anonymous, even an anonymous source is cool, but let's bring somebody in that's not in your little pack that's here. I think that's that that that's the key to that, especially when it's such this not hearsay, but this over a, a standard of time, you know, over a period of time where you go, no, 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 that's real, and here's what this looked like, and whatever, because you know, probably the biggest thing that we did years ago when I was at the DM, the only time we really used anonymous sources that really created a bit of a stir was um, when all the linebackers got arrested or had the cops call for marijuana at an apartment complex. And they were all suspended for the Arkansas game under Orgeron. Um, And our anonymous source, it's been years later, I think we're safe, was one of the players at the party who was not arrested and or whatever they weren't arrested because they were taken in and they called barney to come get them instead of whatever barney took them to the complex ran the hell out of them called orgeron orgeron came in they were all suspended except for like one or two dudes i think Ole Miss had like two linebackers available for the game which of course they lost because they lost most every game at that point um they lost that game badly. It was really, really, really bad. I actually remember that game. I was leave. I was in New Orleans. I was driving to LSU to cover an LSU game, and I listened to the first quarter and a half of Ole Miss Arkansas, and it was pretty obvious that one team was engaged and one team was not. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I, I will say it was one of the more clever things. Is we lined up all the people who were suspended or out for the game or whatever, and we used the headline "Reps Reps Depth Goes Up in Smoke." I was incredibly proud of that. Um, but <laughs> point being, even that that quickly probably doesn't get out in a professional publication where it's one person coming in going, "Hey, let me just lay out the night for you." Maybe so, but that's probably a next day thing. I mean, because that's one of those deals where I mean, we literally went, "Hey, hold the presses, like let's stop. We've got this. This is so cool." And whatever, and your adrenaline kind of gets going or whatnot. But and that was a pretty easy program at the time to to to, to do the, to do that kind of thing. No, Matt Jones was earlier. I think that was like two thousand four. Was Matt Jones um, the Arkansas quarterback who was very athletic? Um, so I, GJG asking do student newspapers have professional editors? They have, they have advisors. It just depends. Everyone's a little different. Frankly, Ole Miss is a lot different now than when I was in school. When I was there, the students were the editors, the students were the writers, the students were the layout people. And they had an advisor that just make sure we didn't do anything to get sued. But anything shy of that was up to you. And you were kind of on your own at that point. You could ask questions, but they were not going to oversee beyond legal and things where you might end up getting a lawsuit put on you as an institution. Um, that was sort of the, what's interesting is to watch the Fitzgerald suit. Does it eventually stretch to the, the newspaper, the AJC and university of Georgia are kind of going at each other right now. That's That's kind of fierce. That's going on. Um, like what, what, one of the things I'm looking forward to at media days is, uh, Kirby smart, Getting questions from the AJC. Yeah, the AJC, the, the Georgia, was it their collective? Who who fired back yesterday? Or was it the... I thought it was the university itself. Was it the I, actual university? I could be wrong. I'll okay. look it up here. 
Yeah, uh, the AJC has put out a number of reports about culture and um, harassment and all sorts of issues inside the Georgia football program since the the fatal tragic accident um, right after their national title win um, that, that killed multiple people. Uh, Georgia strongly fought back yesterday in a uh, in a in a in a release that was multiple pages long. Um, it's, it, look, it says we said yesterday. Here we go. I got it. If you are coming at Georgia right now, you better have a lot of sources. Several current and former members of the University of Georgia football program have been immersed in legal troubles, but a recent article focused on one of them crossed a new line. The school says a recent article by the Atlanta Journal Constitution includes quote errors, unsubstantiated allegations, innuendo, and possibly even fabrications. The school said on Tuesday, the story by Alan Judd. I don't know him. Headlined UGA football program rallies when players accused of abusing women contains, quote, reckless disregard for the truth and its imposition of a damaging narrative unsupported by the facts, end quote. The file says Michael M. Raber, the school's general counsel, says that the article, the article's headline reads that the program, quote, actively supports sexual misconduct. The author claims the outlet identified 11 players to remain on the team after reported violent encounters with women and or the school, but the school says only two were identified by name and one more was not. The university says they made attempts to reach out to Judd and acquire the list of players identified, which he refused, citing the AJC's policy not to release unpublished information. I I get that. Yeah, I'm back in the AJC on that particular note. Yeah. However, the school says they have not been given a copy of the policy and the outlet is actually going against its own code of ethics. Even if such a policy exists, the AJC did publish this information, Raber said. Mr. Judd published an entire article excoriating the UGA football program for rallying on behalf of players accused of abusing women, primarily based on the assertion that 11 players remained on the team after being accused. The AJC Newsroom Ethics Code states the AJC is transparent about its news-gathering methods, but when asked simply to provide a list of the 11 names referenced in the article, Mr. Judd refused. There's a lot there. (laughs) Yeah, what what is dumb is when you're putting this out. If you're putting this out in your Georgia, look, they may have some really good claims that make a ton of sense here, and the reporter was reckless. There's no doubt about that. I don't know. But don't add things that make no sense because that hurts your argument. When you add extra things simply to add extra things like not releasing the names, no publication in their right mind would ever release those names to you because, come on, you're you're not going to not react in some way to those people. So, right. no, hell no. I mean, that when you put in stuff like that, it's showing a lack of understanding that hurts your overall argument, even if you have a lot of really good points inside that that piece. Got a, got a question on Georgia and another team. Going to put that into the next thing. Before we do that, I'll tell you about G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. Do your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you? One prescription, one delivery, everything you need when you need it with G&M. Also, if you need to transfer your medication from a big box pharmacy to G&M or Tyson Drugs, you make one phone call, they take care of the rest. So Holly Springs or Oxford, 662-236-2222. Uh, we are also brought by a, brought to you by A-Stock. It's a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. 
Uh, every item at A stock starts at just one dollar. That's right. Every item starts at just one dollar, no matter what the retail value may be. So shop now at A stock.bid. That's A S T O C K dot B I D or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big name retailers. A stock has multiple locations around Nashville and Memphis, as well as uh, Indiana and more coming soon that offer local pickups. So don't miss out. The College Corner is uh, coming to Oxford this fall. The newest location will be in the Oxford Commons right off Sisk Avenue. They'll have more than 4,000 square feet of the best Rebel gear. With plenty of parking available, their staff will have you in and out and ready for the Grove in no time. It's opening in mid-August, so check out their uh, website, collegecornerstore.com, and keep listening to us. We'll have details on uh, that opening and hoping to have a uh, live show there as well. Uh, Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch is used uh, after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you uh, in the game, ready for the next play. It's GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Uh, Best socks you'll put on your feet can be found at DeadSoxy.com. The uh, no-shows, which I love, are fantastic this time of year especially. They have uh, NIL uh, socks, Ole Miss theme socks, and so much more. It's deadsoxy.com. Promo code REBELGROVE at checkout for 25% off all non-licensed products. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in Jackson, Mississippi. Clients in more than 20 states. Advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed Specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. Uh, founded in 1997, Pinnacle treats um, invest. Pinnacle treats investing like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. It's mypinwealth.com. M Y P I N N wealth.com. And we're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Uh, get in touch with John. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He'll give you options that you are not going to find on your own. It's uh, 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. So whenever it happens, I mean, it might be a minute, I get that, but I'm just curious. It's a Wednesday thought. Georgia or Alabama, which fan base worst handles coming back to some level of Ooh. relative mediocrity when it happens? Because it always is. It's always cyclical. cyclical. Alabama and Georgia have been not elite before. Yeah. Who handles it worse? You know what? I'm going to surprise you with my answer, I think. This last month makes me think the answer is Georgia. They're getting such a taste of it. After so long of thinking they're right there, but not able, not really being right there for so long. And let me, again, this is going to be a really close race. Because Alabama is not going to handle an eight and four very well, they're going to melt down. I'm going to enjoy some reporters who cover Alabama when Alabama's going eight and four. Well, there's no doubt. About that. I mean, I'm, that, that, that's going to get A and M level popcorn for a couple of you guys. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, both of my parents have degrees from Alabama. I grew up an Alabama fan. And lived in that state for a long time. Know a lot of people there. And yet, when they those games last year were close. Oh, sorry. When those games last year were close, so many of those games, I, I, I was cheering so hard for Texas. Texas A&M, 
LSU. I remember when the Arkansas game got close. I was like, oh, here we go. It's gonna be, this is going to be a meltdown. And the Ole Miss game even, I was like, they're not going to handle this one well if this goes bad. You no, know? no, I no, mean, no, no. It, this is, this is that, that night had a chance of mass chaos. <laughs> had, had, had Ole Miss found a way to get that ball in the end zone there late. <laughs> yeah, because I think I told you, we were texting. I said, if Ole Miss wins this game, <laughs> I can tell you two things that are happening. One is that Alabama is going to melt down, and two, next weekend is going to be a blowout because Ole Miss is going to have nothing. Yeah, They're going to yeah. celebrate till Wednesday. You could – yeah, was anyway. That, that part sure. was anyway, but sure. Um, yeah, that it. I think sometimes it's. I just some of the people who cover them. I'm, I want to watch their meltdown. Alabama has gotten so used to winning that they're not the same level of obnoxious because it's just so common in our lives that they just win. It kind of is what it is. There, where there's a desensitized to it that doesn't really feel the same way. Georgia still is so new in it that they have this chip on their shoulder still and they're mad about everything and they don't want to lose they don't want to lose their spot to the point that they're just so freaking high strong at all times that I, I think Georgia, whenever they do it, there's going to be this thought of, oh God, we're here again. We had this one thing and we're going into mass devastation now. Like I feel like Georgia's almost going to be kind of pathetic as I, a fan base. I kind of think that might be right. Because they're doing this thing about you're all out to get us. Yeah, it's to Saban's credit, I never sensed that he let that narrative get established. His deal was, of course, they're coming after us. We're on top. We have to be ready. We have to play. Alabama almost felt professional at the peak. You know what I mean? They just kind of did their thing week after week, and you begrudgingly sort of tipped your hat to them, like, yeah, you know what? They're really good. I mean, they they show up every week. The Georgia thing is more of an aggressive. It's different. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, they're like pissed off. Yeah. It's like, what do you... What, what? The pro- you got what you wanted. What's your deal? I never really sensed that the Alabama program was pissed off. The Georgia program is pissed off. Like, they have a problem. The AJC's first story about the speeding and all that stuff, the culture of all that was, was dead on. People died. There's no reason to get defensive about it. You have a problem. If that were happening in Oxford and you heard all these reports about football players going 100 miles an hour around the square and then there was an accident and two people died, it would be a major story and the university would have to address it. Period. At Alabama, it feels like whenever something's kind of happened, they, they addressed it. They just sort of dealt with it and moved on. Georgia gets bristly. Very much so. Yeah. Ron asking if they both mess up the next hire, who has the lower ceiling? Boy, it's hard to say because I don't know what's going to happen with NIL. Um, traditionally, Alabama has a higher ceiling. They More people have won there. Georgia hasn't had many coaches mm-hmm. over the years. I mean, you know, you had Dooley forever, then Ray off, and then Rick coached there forever, and Kirby's been there for a while. I don't know, it's tip or tat. They're both elite jobs. I mean, the list of people that will want the Alabama job 
when and if Nick Saban is ever not the coach. I'm I'm not willing to I'm not willing to uh completely say that Saban might not be the first person to beat Father Time. It's possible. Not ready to go there yet. I, I mean, if you give me Saban minus four you know, plus four fifty against Father Time, I might lay ten bucks on it. Post from the thing. Mike Shula muddled for years at Bama and it only took Saban one season to turn it around. Kirby inherited Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb. Even Shula had a 10-win season. He did. He only beat Orgeron by 10 total points in three games. In his three seasons. Went 3-0, but... Yeah, I, I don't... I could go down that rabbit hole so many times. Shula didn't have the kind of support that Nick that Saban has. has. He, he also didn't command the level of to get that support. He didn't. And it was a different era. It was. They weren't ready yet. They had to have... You had to crawl to walk, and you had to get through Shula to get to Saban and get to the point where they were willing to do that. They had to realize that, hey, we can't live off Bear Bryant and tradition any longer. Because they had lived off of it for a long time. And then Gene Stallings, to some degree, was like Bear Bryant light. Do they still do the this is Alabama football thing with Bear's voice? I think so. Do they? But they don't play it up the way they did. I mean, it was like a theater. It it was the whole thing. Yeah. It's why you went. His gravelly horse and the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and now it's hey, no, now it's built by Bama, which yeah. is a great marketing plan. It's a great, yeah. Hey, come here, play for three years, go pro, do it the right way, go be a first round pick, make a ton of money. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty appealing on the recruiting trail. Works. That's what Kirby's doing at Georgia. Come here, go to the NFL, make money. On the inverse. Who will be more obnoxious if they start winning championships, Tennessee or Texas A&M? Oh, it's Tennessee. It's Tennessee. It's not even close. It's Tennessee. It's Tennessee. It's not even close. <laughs> it's Tennessee. <laughs> Texas A&M's not obnoxious. They're just weird. They're not obnoxious. They're nice. Nice? They're nice. Whoa, 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 when they whoa, come, whoa, 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 whoa. Their fans are kind of nice people. They're just weird. Tennessee's Tennessee's crazy. Yeah, I don't want to live in a world where Tennessee wins a national title. I'm good. No, thanks. I'm out. Like, we going to Mars, Elon? What are we doing? Like, I, I, I'm done. Yeah, A&M's polite. That's the word. They're okay. Then they're, they're just... They're weird. They're super weird. I mean, like when the Texags guys call me and say, "Well, hey, will you come on?" My answer is always yes. They're always they're always. That is a good point. A and M would make a fortune off replica national championship rings. Oh my god! For the fan base. Oh my god! So much. Set money. the price wherever you want to <laughs> so set the much, damn price. We're, so much money. So much money. Yeah, you'd have to give up Twitter the day Tennessee won. I don't follow him. <laughs> People would send it to you. I'll go there after losses and check it out. <laughs> Be happy to, but no, don't follow him. <laughs> no, it's a good point, though. Look, look how they've treated baseball, and that's baseball. I know. That's not one of the two sports they care the most about. No. And they've been insane in baseball. I mean, they they had a columnist literally write a story that said college baseball basically died when Tennessee was eliminated last year. Yeah. Well, hold on. <laughs> no, not even a little. <laughs> Rocco's begs to differ. (laughs) (laughs) 
look pretty healthy to me. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, those guys at Rocco's is like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I see a lot of red and blue and red and white in here. Oh, God. By the way, yeah. speaking of baseball in Texas A&M, mm-hmm. not to get down this rabbit hole, yep. but I told you this months ago, and now I hear it even stronger than ever. There is, with the possible exception of LSU, mm-hmm. no bigger NIL player in college baseball than Texas A&M right now. A, a problem. I think for the year, Tennessee will be right there, too. Yeah. They've just already spent most of it. Um, that's a good question. I, I don't, if I had to pick A&M or Tennessee to the next one to win a baseball national title, I think I'd pick A&M. I, I would. I think I'd pick A&M. I would, too. For sure. I'm pretty sure I would. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now, if you told me Tennessee did, I'm not even remotely surprised. Oh, sure. No, of course not. There's a group of SEC teams that, sure, why not? I don't know how the rest of the country is going to keep up. No, if I gave you the next 10 titles, you would take the SEC versus the field and not even, I mean, you'd give good odds. If you gave me LSU, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Florida, trying to think who I'd put fifth. I think I'd put Arkansas fifth. I might put Texas. I think I'd put Arkansas fifth. Yeah, I think I would too. And you told me I could have those five and everybody else had the field, I'm good. Yeah, I'd take that. Rocket. Yeah. And probably in that order. I'd go LSU, a and you didn't. That's what's crazy about the SEC is you didn't mention three of the last four national champions. Ole Miss, State, Vanderbilt. Yeah. I'm, not to get down this path. I mean, Ole Miss will figure it out, I think, over time. They're just in a weird spot right They're now. They're in a weird spot right now. I, I don't know that State can do it, and I don't think Vanderbilt can do it. I, I don't think Vanderbilt can compete at that level anymore. He's a really, really good coach. He's really good, and he'll work at it, but I I, I think they've peaked. Just because of the market. I did love that Wes Rucker saying on Twitter that Tennessee doesn't need first-round picks. That doesn't really matter. Um. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Who needs good players? <laughs> LSU plus three seventy. For what? I don't know. What are we talking about? I don't know. Oh, making the college football playoff. Oh, is that right? Oh, plus three seventy. I love that. Do you? Well, almost four to one. You'd bet a hundred to win four hundred on LSU making the CFP. I think so. I think so. I'm. I'm. I'm super high on them. Maybe I'm way off. Yeah, to make the CFP. I, yeah, I don't think that's terrible. What are the odds on Tennessee? Pretty high, I would think, yeah, right? I would think so. I don't think they can get there this year. The problem is they, they play in a division with Georgia. And you play Alabama. Yeah. I mean, you're just... That's Ole Miss's problem this year is get at Alabama, at Georgia. It just looks like, oh, my God, what a slog. Which is why so much of... Yeah, it's why it's so schedule-based. So much of what is exciting in college football is what's coming next year. Which is... We're not going to do that. We're going to cover the hell out of this year, but... I am super intrigued as to what next year looks and feels like. 
with the twelve team playoff and the new teams and Tennessee plus seven hundred. I mean, that's getting close to where I'd contemplate it, but nah, I'm throwing away money still. Yeah, you probably still are. I got to have 10 to 1 because I just don't think they're beating Georgia. And I don't think two teams from the East are getting into the playoff. So that's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, know, I know I'm drinking the purple Kool-Aid, Anthony, and you're, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm guzzling it. But they know their quarterback and they're good on defense. They get Mason Smith back. Yeah. But Perkins is a sophomore. Yeah. They're loaded. They did really well in the portal. He's a really good coach. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. A&M plus 1,400. Yeah, but I don't think so. No. Their schedule's brutal. Yeah. No. You definitely have to prove that one to me before I'm ready to go down that route. I'll tell you this. Now, whoever wins that LSU-Florida State game in week one, I like their chances. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I keep forgetting that's a week one game. Week one. Yeah. In Orlando. That's a good one. Yeah. (sighs) That's a Monday game? I don't know. Yeah. Orlando's typically a Monday game. Sunday or Monday. Not a Saturday game. All right. That was fun. We'll move on with the uh, show in a second. We uh, do that. Let's see. LSU plus a thousand to win it all. Oh, really? I hate that. A thousand to win it all? Yeah, I don't hate that. If you make the final four, you got a shot. Just make the tournament. That's all you got to do. Heavenly Sunshine Property Services like to have the opportunity to remind you about the importance of taking care of your outdoor living spaces. Regular maintenance is the key to preserving the beauty and integrity of your home or business. One of the most effective ways is through power washing. Some of the key benefits include increased curb appeal, damage prevention, creating a healthier environment. Also saves you time and money. They've been serving the Mid-South and Oxford for four decades. Full-service commercial and residential property maintenance includes power washing, soft wash, roof cleaning, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. Don't wait until it's too late. Contact them today. Enjoy a brighter, cleaner outdoor living space. The website is heavenlysunshine.com. 
662-342-1203 to book your free estimate. Use code MPW10 for a 10% discount. Oxford's uh, newest Greek restaurant on the square is the perfect place to plan your uh, company dinner, festive party event. It's OPA on the square. Fabulous food, great craft libations, beautiful setting. Uh, get in touch with them. They can accommodate up to 200 guests for catering or booking information. Contact Jeannie at 601-421-7147. We're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, they can help you. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard to t- find talent, they can help you as well. It's uh, solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate, candidate, I should say, that service specialist sends to you. You have nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile from routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign. Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. Schedule your appointment today and take the first step toward a better version of yourself at CorinthDental.com. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi, Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. There's so much offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings from uh, beginner lessons to advanced lessons to competing at nationally recognized competitions. It's also a great uh, place, uh, venue for events, company outings, that type of thing. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. We're also brought to you by Lake Hill Motors in Corinth, Mississippi. Check out their zero-turn Bobcat mowers. They have a complete line of mowers ranging from the entry-level residential ZT2000 with a cutting speed of 7 miles per hour to the the top-of-the-line commercial ZT7000 with a mowing speed of 13 miles per hour. All Bobcat mowers come with the trademark Tough Deck Cutting System constructed with heavy-gauge fabricated steel for durability and improved vacuum lift providing a reliable, perfectly manicured finish every time. The Bobcat line is priced below MSRP, comes with a three-year warranty, and currently Bobcat is offering 0% financing for 60 months or up to $2,000 cash discounts for cash purchases or financing at regular rates. You can also get $100 off if you mention you heard about it on the podcast. So contact Michael McCullough in Corinth at 662-871. 6918 or visit him in person at 2003 Highway 72 East Annex in Corinth. Podcast also brought to you by Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. Everything from the old one style barbecue to the uh, signature. It's kind of a garlic flavor that is great. One of the best all around options for lunch, dinner, salads, and uh, more. Even a quick snack. They will deliver it straight to your door. It's 10 minutes freezer to plate. You get restaurant-quality shrimp with Prime Shrimp. They also offer their two-pound bags of, of, of individually frozen shrimp, a lot like what's at the grocery store, except a higher quality there from the New Orleans-based company. So use code RG, buy file pouches or more, you get 25% off. So it's code RG with primeshrimp.com. So uh, baseball-wise, the draft ends yesterday. Pretty uh, quiet day for uh, for the Rebels which is a good thing. They needed that after uh, the Cooper Pratt news and when all had happened there in day two. For, so from a signee standpoint, 
They lose three of their uh, top four signees, uh, Xander Muth going uh, to the Pirates, Josh Noth to the Brewers um, there with a, a comp pick after the first round, and then Cooper Pratt in the sixth round to the Brewers as uh, as well. Campbell Smithwick will be on campus. He will compete for the starting catcher job from a high school standpoint. Um, and then probably pretty good news overall with the returning roster. You knew you were going to lose Jacob and Kemp and Calvin, but um, you think Jacob will sign? I mean, I know Clement asked Walker to get to work, uh, but I have a feeling that he probably. <laughs> I did. I did laugh at the people that didn't get the joke. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, bless your heart." Could they get close? No, no, no. 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 Could 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 they, not get close. They could not. <laughs> and if you could, you shouldn't. Um, no, right. That's the answer to that. So. Um, but yesterday, Ethan Lejay not taken. The Ole Miss infielder should be back. Uh, I'm a little hesitant to go completely in on some of these guys because you could have some free agent thing pop up today. I mean, it's not likely necessarily. And it would require someone to just want to go play baseball, come sure. off a number, and it not even being about money at all, it being about simply moving on with their life and their career and playing yeah. pro baseball. Literally saying, F it, I just want to go Yeah, play. no one is going to offer an amount of money that's changing a life today. No. They literally can't. Right. So it's it's that's not what it would be. Um, I do fully expect Josh Mallets to be back next year, the Ole Miss closer who missed last year with Tommy John. That's a, that's a big pull. That's really good for the Rebels moving forward. Um, he was dominant in the 2022 season, so that's good news for Ole Miss. I expect um, Lay J to be back at this point, I guess. I don't have as good of a read on him. I know he was willing to sign if something came through, if he was picked anywhere. Um, but I, I think it's probably okay. I think most likely is he moves over to second base. Fisher's going to play third for Ole Miss. He can move over, play second, take shot in yay spot there um, with Lay J, who hit pretty well late in the year, actually. He was okay. Um Xavier Rivas, I've sent him a text this morning asking if he's made a decision. Um, I expect him back because, if again, he acted like money was going to be the sole factor on his next decision, whether it be to come back to Ole Miss and pitch again or to go pro, and money will not be high enough to make that be a factor today. So if if that is something that he ends up doing, um, then he – came off what he told me less than a week ago. So as of right now, you have to feel pretty good about getting Revis back. That's that's the biggest win of the draft for Ole Miss because it gives him a weekend starter next year. I don't know that he necessarily needs to be the Friday guy, but he absolutely could be one of the three guys in your rotation. He was uh, top 10 in innings pitch last year. He was fourth in the SEC in strikeouts during SEC games. He got better as the year went on. He had, he had to learn a lot. He came from D2. It's not the same sport at all um, there in that division. So Gives Ole Miss a really good left-handed option if that does come to fruition. Revis stays here for his uh, his fourth season in college baseball. Um, nothing has popped on Ethan Groff yet, so Ole Miss probably gets another outfielder back there. I think he is set to have a better year in year two. It always kind of takes a, uh, a kind of a transition year sometimes, even if you're transferring from a smaller conference. So with Hughes and Groff, it gives them a good kind of foundation there with two of their outfielders for next year. Um, and then shortstop, we'll see. I know they've been targeting some guys. They were waiting to see some of the possible shortstops who were going in the draft yesterday. Um, I think it's possible a couple of those guys jump in the portal today, and then they'll be heavy pursuers of that. So uh, Ole Miss is going to sign a shortstop. I don't know who it's going to be. Hell, they might sign two. Yeah. But, um, the people who are going freaking out, going, this is the current roster, and this guy's playing shortstop, no, he's not. They The, the shortstop is not currently on campus. No, there's multiple SEC programs that are going to be really active in the portal over the next few days. 
the portal closes in about 36 hours, 32 hours. So the next 32 hours is to get in. Right. Correct. Right. Yes. Yes. To get in the portal. You can still sign whenever you want to. Right. All you got to do is be on campus when class says you have to be on campus. Campus. Yeah. So that's, that's it. So we'll see. But no, yesterday was not bad. Yesterday was a pretty decent day for Ole Miss. We'll see where it goes. They also picked up, uh, Coastal Carolina left-hander Liam Doyle. Um, a lot of people were recruiting him. Yeah. yeah. A lot of SEC attention on him mm-hmm. the last couple of days. He had a four-and-change ERA for the Chanticleers last year. Mostly out of relief, but he did start an NCAA tournament game. He started against uh, Marshall, I think, was his longest game of the year. Seven innings. Maybe one run, something like that. Uh, he had 69 strikeouts and 56 innings. So, I, you know, one thing that has said was Ole Miss needed left-handers, and they are doing some things to put left-handers into that rotation with getting Rebus back and then and then Doyle. There's, there's going to be a little more flexibility as as the game changes. We've talked about this forever. It was fastball, slider, and you really were trying to change quadrants. You're going to see an emphasis now on change-ups, curveballs, doing stuff kind of front to back when it comes to uh, pitching right now at this level. So it's kind of where it sits. Um, a lot of SEC schools were gutted. A lot had really, really good classes. Like Arkansas lost a ton, but they had a ton to lose. So we'll see kind of where the smoke falls on that at the end of the day. I think they're still getting like five top 100s to campus, even though they lost like yeah. seven. So it's it's kind of whatever there. Um, it's the second year in a row where if the they advantage, take you. The advantage they had is that th- some of their guys were ranked so highly that they could go into the portal season knowing they were yeah, getting yeah, gutted. Yeah. I mean, there was not there was not like a lot of surprise. There it would have to really take yeah. some yeah. thing to happen there. Kind of same thing happened at LSU. There were some guys that they knew <clears throat> were losing, you know, so might as well start planning for it. Um, I don't, LSU is going to be in on Braden Montgomery, the Stanford transfer who's from Madison. Um, I don't know what he's going to command. I mean, a two way player can do both really, really well. Pitched and played DH for for Stanford during the postseason last year. Um, do you think he's actually open? Some people think it's predisposed that he's going to Mississippi State. I'm not saying he isn't. I just am curious. Whether. I think State is definitely in it for sure. He was interesting because he had a no contact tag in the portal. You can't just contact him. He has to contact you first. Um, it was a lot of Texas A and M buzz. Yesterday. I think he is going to be at least open to bidding. 800 feels high. I, I think some of you guys are a little off on some of your baseball numbers. If, if somebody spends 800 on one player in baseball, it better, by God, be Paul Skeens. I mean, it just – that doesn't necessarily fit the budgets the way they are, even for an LSU or Tennessee. Um, my guess is more like four, 450. It's a guess. Somewhere in there. Eight eight fifty would really surprise me. Yeah, that would make me go, "Whoa, we, a, we're 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 in a different realm." From the numbers I've heard on guys, that that that's really high. I get two way guys or whatever, and but still, yeah, I, I would say four four fifty. Yeah, anything probably. over five would surprise me. Mm-hmm. If you told me that he went to A and M and it was five, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Just based on things I've heard, I think they're a factor in a lot of stuff because they're super engaged and the pockets are deep. Really deep. And teams know exactly how much they have to spend and who they can spend it on because the draft's over. They don't have to worry about, Hey, if this guy shows, we got to make sure we have 200 here or 300 here. Right. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. Which counts for Ole Miss too. We lost three guys. I don't have to worry about whatever Xander Muth was potentially going to get. 
they know we can spend that now. Yeah. Have at it. Yeah. Move on. Whatever that looks like. So, again, we'll follow that as time comes. Baseball kind of going on the back burner here starting uh, Monday when um, media days begins in uh, in Nashville, getting a lot of that, that pre-content of what's Lane going to say, what's he not going to say. <laughs> Nothing. I can't imagine writing that story. What is Lane Kiffin going to say? Uh, I mean... I don't know what kind of mood's he in. It's going to make some jokes. It's going to talk about NIL. It's going to get a lot of NIL questions because the media knows that he'll talk about it. He'll get asked about Jimbo. He'll get asked about Saban. Yeah, Burns is going to get paid. Not that I think it's unless he can really show he can start. It's overpaying. I'm not paying that kind of price for a reliever. And right now, he shows that's where his best spot is. But he's going to go to a place that's going to guarantee him to start. He's thinking draft and starting pitcher. I really haven't heard anything on him lately. Mm-mm. Like places. It, it was so buzzy there for a minute, and then it's it's quieted down. Yeah, I, I hear more about. Makes you wonder if Tennessee's got a shot to keep him. Yeah. That it's going to calm. I don't know that they are, but that's that's the thought there. Um, Do you watch any? You, you, did, you did not watch any All-Star game last night. I'm almost embarrassed of this because it wasn't it wasn't intentional. I did not watch a single pitch. I don't. I didn't know until middle of the night when I woke up and happened to look at my phone that the, I guess it was a dramatic win. The National League uh, had an eighth inning home run, and then the American League had two on when the game ended in the ninth when Kimbrell got the save. Okay, that is correct. I didn't see any of it, I, and I think it's. I was telling you this before the show. I think it's the first All Star game since I've been old enough to know that there was an all-star game that I didn't at least watch some of it. And I don't really know why that is. I just wasn't into it. National League's first win since 2012. Is that right? That's correct. In the series. Wow. Didn't know that. How about that? Did Justin Steele play Cubs pitcher? I don't know. I have not seen a, a box score from the event. Do you care? I don't know. Not everybody plays. Not everybody pitches. Yeah. You know, this year, a lot of guys d- declined. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was pretty good TV. Um, yeah, Diaz hit the go-ahead homer in the eighth. Kimbrell holding a one-run lead, allowed two guys on base in the ninth, secured the win. Um, it was a really close game-tying home run that wasn't to be. Had a couple fan catches at the wall. Um, yeah, good event. Uniforms were bad. But the event appeared to be good last night. Yeah, uniforms are bad. I, you know, look, I'm typically a traditionalist, and I always go, no, hey, I hate this dumb change or way you're doing this. I think it's time for baseball to follow the NBA model. It's time to pick teams. It's time to abandon the American League and oh. the National League because we, A, they took out what it, it doesn't mean anything anymore. You don't get World, which I thought was dumb anyway, but you you don't get World Series home field by winning the All-Star game like you did for a while under Bud Selig. Um and we do so much interleague that it's not strange anymore to see the Braves play the Rays or the Dodgers play the Yankees or anything along those lines. That's, that's just part of our normal schedule now. So it's not, you know, baseball for so long from a traditional standpoint was the All-Star game and the World Series were the two times that these two sides play each other and you get to see this and this. And this is really special. And, you know, as a kid growing up, and I think you were like this too, the game was neat, but the best part was the starting lineups being announced. Yeah. 
that's the best part of the all-star game is letting everybody in their, their own jerseys and or their own hats with the jersey on and they come out and they do the starting lineups. That's the best part of the deal for sure for a kid. Yeah. Hey, this dude, my dude. I didn't miss that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the programming is a few minutes before the game starts, but there's nothing about that that is odd to us anymore. It's time to make it fun. And I think the way to make it fun is to name two captains and make them pick their teams on MLB network a week before the game or however you want to do it. Justin Steele, who is from Mississippi, by the way, uh, he did pitch. Pitched an inning, gave up a hit, struck out one. There you go. No, they didn't. They no longer give home field to the All Star Game winner. No, it's just an exhibition. Yeah, I, I can't find any reason why we shouldn't go to pick teams. You'd watch the teams being picked. I think so. You'd be more interested in that with the game. Yeah, and you might get the deal where you had like. Otani pitching to Trout again. Sure. Yeah. See who the last pick is. Sorry, the Seattle fans were chanting for Otani. Good luck. He's not. If it's West Coast, it's Dodgers or Giants. That would be intriguing. I don't know what that was. I saw something swinging in the air just then, but it's one of those pickup pickup things. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I looked at it for a minute. I saw metal swinging in the air. I was like, oh, what the? thought the aliens were coming in or I something. Just, you never know. Yeah, anyway, I think I'm right. My opinion. We'll see. Second half, we are going to get some good pennant races. Excited about the second half of Major League Baseball, actually. Are you? Yeah, I'm in. Like I said, I, you, that's what I said yesterday. You can be into the Orioles and the Braves and get your, get your fill. You can see plenty. I'm good. Tampa Bay has a two-game lead over Baltimore in the AL East. That's a fun race. Cleveland has a half-game lead over Minnesota in the AL Central. Cleveland's a 500 team in first place. Uh, Texas, one of the big, really good stories in baseball, Texas leads Houston by two games in the uh, AL West. The Angels, a game under 500, seven out in the division. Atlanta is running away with the National League East. They have an eight-and-a-half-game lead over uh, Miami. Miami's 14 over 500 and eight-and-a-half out. How about that? That sucks in your clubhouse, doesn't it? It does. Cincinnati leads Milwaukee by one game in the NL Central. Um, Cubs seven out. Pirates eight-and-a-half out. St. Louis 11 out first at the break. St. Louis probably needs to make some trades. I don't know that they know how to do it. Uh, Dodgers and Arizona are statistically tied, basically, uh, in the National League West. They lead the Giants by just two and a half games. San Diego, one of the big disappointments in baseball, eight and a half out in the NL West. And then if you were looking at the wild card today in the American League, uh, Baltimore is very comfortably into the first wild card spot, five games ahead of both Houston and Toronto. The Yankees are a game back. The Red Sox are two games back. Seattle is four back. The Angels and the Twins are five back. And then in the National League, uh, Miami is the uh, first wild card as of today, three games up. Uh, Arizona would be the second wild card, two and a half games ahead of uh, San Francisco. Uh, Philly is, I'm sorry, San Francisco would be the third wild card. They're a half game ahead of Philly and Milwaukee, six ahead of the uh, Padres, six and a half ahead of the Cubs, seven ahead of the Mets, eight ahead of the Pirates, 
11 ahead of St. Louis. Again, St. Louis, 11 games out of the wild card. Red Sox, hate that for them. <laughs> I know, you peers. <laughs> Just having a moment here. If the Cubs are going to lose the Central in, a, in any given year, you would pull for the Pirates or the Reds? Yeah, sure, absolutely. I, I'm all in on the Reds. I like the Reds. They're nice. They're nice. I like Cincinnati. It's a cool town. I like Joey Votto. He's one of my favorite Young Brenneman is the only Reds issue. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, that's so, what I mean. you know. That immediately made them more palatable. Yeah. Whereas Chip Carey only made the Cardinals more more annoying. Yeah. 100%. One, one million percent. He's terrible. Can at least like, you know, everybody get behind Joe Buck or Jack Buck and go, hey, okay. Sure. Legend and all that stuff. But I mean, this is just nepotism. The 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 Chip Carey, Jim Edmonds, broadcast booth. That's a lot to ha- that's a lot to take in. Belted. I mean, he drives it. Right fielder takes three steps in, makes the catch. And again, the Wilson Contreras stuff was really predictable. If you, yeah. I love Wilson Contreras. Yeah. I will I will cheer for Wilson Contreras from now until the end of time. But when they gave him that contract, and people were like, ha-ha, he's going to stick it to the Cubs. I'm like, have you watched him catch? Mm-hmm. You don't go from Yadier Molina to Wilson Contreras and not with an old pitching staff and not drop. Yeah. No, it was a guarantee, 100%. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, and much more. So to get the best internet in Lafayette County as well as Pontotoc and Union Counties, if you previously did not have internet, again, 662-238-3159. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names with the same great people, products, and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662 801 one seven seven seven. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern six six two four two nine forty four twenty nine. I'll have a uh, hand raised guys brought to you by Comer and Southern uh, sometime tomorrow. It's uh, going to be football centric. We're going to do a Big Ten preview, a Big Twelve preview, as we uh, start really shifting towards football. Are we? Yeah. Probably smart, given what we do. For a living, probably smart for us to start shifting focus to football as football approaches. Um, let's see. It's typically what we do in the fall. There's a formula. It's it's usually the approach. (laughs) (laughs) We just pray that. There's three weeks of volleyball preseason coverage as we uh, get ready for the. uh, Get ready for the season. Get for the for the season there. Uh, speaking of, it is one Braden Montgomery thing there that if it works out, they're just have horseshoes. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea the relevance of this. I do not know how much this matters. But his uh, his girlfriend plays volleyball at LSU. Oh, again, I, it's, that was very important in one other recent baseball decision. So I'm just laying it out there. Is this is this place place forward? That's it's, all. I mean. It's worth noting. Got a uh, a press release from the uh, Grove Collective this morning. Um, the Ole Miss uh, arm for NIL obviously says, uh, I'll just read this entirety here. It says, seven founding member NIL collectives announced today the launch of the Collective Association, 
and your trade association will advocate for student athletes to share best practices and act as a unified voice to shape the development of the NIL market and beyond. Collectives have become the strongest proponents for the rights of student athletes, and now TCA comes together as partners to help protect and fight for those rights. Areas of focus will be lending assistance to implement an agent registry and lobbying for uniformity across state laws. They'll also work toward a sustainable model and look for points of commonality between the major stakeholders due to the role collectives play. The seven founding members are uh, the collectives at the University of Georgia, the University of Tennessee, Ole Miss, Florida State, University of Southern California, Michigan, and Penn State University that will openly share the many good works on how collectives and athletes are helping to create positive impacts in the communities across the country. They're positioned on the ground floor of NIL commerce to monitor real-time marketplace compliance developments, which can provide universities, legislatures with critical data points and current trends. Um, I see also in a couple stories that have come out about this, about potential uh, revenue models that uh, could be in play as they try to figure out a revenue model that is actually sustainable moving forward in this space. So we don't have a lot of details yet, but that's the word by the way that, that, that has become the word that they're pursuing is sustainable. Something that can be replicated year in and year out. Yeah, of course. There's a lot of people at different schools that will tell you that what happened over the last year is not repeatable. Won't work. Will not work. And when the players like, well, where's the money that that guy got? It's not. It's not here. Like Ole Miss is probably one of those schools, right? I mean, so, you know, some of the some of the money that came flushing in last year was panic related. Well, panic related. <laughs> hey, let's make them panic again. That's not the best path towards. <laughs> you know, that's not a good strategy. Hey, can we really freak everybody out to yeah. up the payroll here? Is that is that yeah. doable? Let's yeah, I mean, no, because the, the reaction people, at some point people go, well, just leave. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't work. The uh, latest Mission Impossible hits theaters today. Were you ever a Mission Impossible movie fan with Tom uh, Cruise? It's fine. You okay? It's fine. As much as I like Cruise, that's not been one I've ever really gotten behind. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, that's that's never that's never done it. He's uh he's currently fighting with uh Christopher Nolan over Oppenheimer right now because of uh, IMAX screens. Did you oh, see this? No, I did not. So uh, it hits theaters today. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One is mm-hmm. the uh, subtitle of that one, and clearly because of the content in that movie and Tom Cruise and the whole thing, it would dominate the big IMAX screens all across the country. Um, however, Oppenheimer. Um, it will be evicting Mission Impossible from IMAX earlier than Cruise would like. Mission Impossible will have just nine days on IMAX screens before the Nolan flick that is supposed to devastate all of us opens on July 21st. Oppenheimer will then occupy every IMAX theater in North America for three whole weeks, a week longer than similar big screen deals. Oh. Cruise is mad about getting evicted. Um, he's been complaining to Paramount about it and uh, about getting screen snubbed. And reminding everyone that Top Gun Maverick grossed $110 million in IMAX alone last summer. Um, as his point, said it's not about the money because Mission Impossible will probably easily double Oppenheimer's first weekend of sales. But it's about rewarding a diehard fan. The CEO of IMAX told Variety, Nolan has a special place in IMAX's heart because he uses our cameras and promotes us. 
So they are choosing loyalty over money with huh. cr- kicking well. out Cruz and Mission Impossible. I mean, um, I, I respect that to a degree. Well, Cruz has been funny with this whole deal because, I mean, we all love Maverick. It was great. They, they hit every note we wanted them to hit over the course of that movie. But, you know, he was it, it was, you know, the AMC theaters when he had his own little intro to the movie and the passion project. You can't tell me that was not simply because Nicole Kidman is at the beginning of all AMC theater things. And he was like, nope, nope, she's not leading into my movie right here. We're gonna have a little intro, and we're gonna tell you about the heartstrings that go with Top Gun. We're gonna we're gonna get ahead of Nicole in this one. That's exactly what happened. He went, that, uh-uh, uh-uh. That, that movie Hands was raised. that movie was epic last year. It, it was the the kids on the street, <laughs> all the little boys on the street with their bicycles. Would you? They would go up and down the street singing Danger Zone on their bikes. It was hilarious. They were totally into it. That is hilarious. Yeah, their parents were like yeah, it's been a Top Gun summer. <laughs> It was awesome. I mean, I, I, that's really cool. It was cool. I mean, it, well, I told you the day that I went to the theater, it was an afternoon. I went by myself. I kind of wanted to watch it by myself. I said, I'm just going to get bathed in nostalgia right here. We're going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And the only other people in the theater, because it was like one o'clock in the afternoon, were a bunch of kids, probably nine to 12 years old, and they were in. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, just losing Locked their in. minds. It was all good. I kind of watched them halfway through it. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. it's really, really neat. What are you, uh, what are you streaming? Right now, mm, not much. Right now, uh, finished season one of the Diplomat. Yeah. Um, as I said, it's very watchable. People should watch it. They're going to get a season two, which was necessary. Um, yeah. It was good. It was fine. It's it's good. Yeah. It's not critically excellent. No. It's fun. It is. It's it, entertaining. It, as I said on the message board and maybe on the podcast, it is. It is a really, really good version of what you expect from what a network show would look like. It's just smart enough to be a little better than most of those, but it's not smart enough for it to be prestige TV. They did a really good job with the ending, I think. of No spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the ending, I'd had a few glasses of wine when I watched it, and I was like, I'm so confused. And so I watched it again the next morning completely sober. Went, oh. And was like, I'm still confused. I'm still kind of lost. But I'm interested. And yeah, not going to blow it for you. I'm finishing season two of The Bear. It's been really good. Haven't gotten in season two. Um, I would argue that the writing on that really is excellent. Uh, and I'm saving Jack Ryan for Nashville. If I'm middle of the night and I can't sleep, I'm saving. I guess it's the last season of is it the last season Jack Ryan, which has been really really good been really well done over the years i'm trying to think if there's something else it seems like there's something else no nah, i guess that's it i that might be that the I mean we, we have football soon so it doesn't really matter um outside of just needing an extra show it's you know everybody wants to talk about movies but frankly i find the series more compelling I'd much rather talk about series that are streaming mm-hmm. than, than movies for the most part. I mean, it's been the huge change in our culture over the last 25 years is that TV is where it's gotten so smart and so critical. And you have so much longer and easier ways to tell the real story there I, from that. I thought season, you might disagree. I thought season one of The Bear was just outstanding. It, it's, it's a long movie in yeah. every best way. From a critical standpoint, it's fantastic. Uh, I just thought I thought the writing, the storytelling, the the interweaving of the diff- acting is better than it's ever been in television. It was fantastic. 
so many actors and actresses were terrific in that. Yeah. It's a trend that has really happened over the last decade or two of actors being so much better in TV. And the the extra not just the lead, but down line. Yeah. Still really, really, really good. Oh yeah, that well that one they, they developed seven, eight characters. Mm-hmm. How hard that is to do? Almost impossible, frankly. And they did it in one season? I mean, the office did it over the course of nine seasons. You know, they developed multiple characters yeah, where sure. you were involved in their different characters. But they had long they had a long season in arcs and it, yeah. it, it, it's a different game. This is in, in eight episodes. Mm-hmm. They developed It's actually one of the better things from the diplomat is to be only an eight episode show that's uh-huh. not the most intelligent in the world. You can convince yourself you care about six characters. Yes. Which is a win. Absolutely. It's a huge win. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I mean, I, I've seen some people go, oh, it's just very average. Like, no, it's not. It's good. It, it's, yeah. it might not be great. It might not be the thing that you, you talk about for the rest of your life, but it was, I'll tell you this, when the next episode was available, I watched it. Yeah, I did that, and then I zoomed through both. I don't know why I did them both, but I kind of wanted to compare them both um, miniseries or series about the Candy Montgomery axe killing oh. um, from 1980. Uh Candy on Hulu with Jessica Biel playing the main character, and then uh, Love and Death on HBO Max with Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons playing oh. the main characters. Okay. Um, I thought Elizabeth Olsen and the HBO series was longer, but I thought it was much more well done. Um, they went into more detail. I'm more, I'm really comfortable with Elizabeth Olsen from her movies from um, and Jesse Plemons obviously from a number of things throughout time of watching him. So maybe that played a role in it, but I, I found I found if you had to pick one or the other, I found that one much more compelling um of a uh, of a series. Being a decent mood if you t- check that one out. Don't yeah. Don't 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 no. wake up in the middle of the night with your mind swirling and go, you know what, I'm gonna throw on this. No, no, no. That's not the mood. It's not yes, yeah, that's not <laughs> not for me. Uh, speaking of the bear, to uh, close today's podcast, if you're getting if you're if you eat sriracha, you might want to pick up on it. Have you seen the uh, price increases of sriracha? No, seen this. So uh, the uh, Hufong's famous sauce enters its second year um, with a shortage going on. Resellers on sites like Amazon and eBay are hawking sriracha for up to ten times the original price. USA Today reporting that uh, people are buying one 12 pack went for $415 or $34.58 per bottle. Of sriracha? Yeah. While another seller thinks they can nab $80 for a single container, the shortage, which stems from a bad crop of chili peppers used to make the sauce, it shows no signs of easing. And that's devastating news because the knockoffs aren't nearly as good. Trader Joe's being the most popular one. People can notice a very big difference in it, and they still are in a chili pepper shortage. So, yeah, going as much as for a uh, a twelve pack, four hundred and fifteen dollars online. I just don't think I like it that much. I can find a substitute. Yeah, I mean, I I'll like throw it. some crystals on there, or yeah. some franks or something, and yeah. we'll move on with I'm our good. day. Yeah, I like it, but I don't like it that much. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, we did have a new uh, podcast start on our network yesterday. The Josh Hendrickson show episode oh. one aired. It's really, really good. Not because I'm there, but because Josh is there. Josh is really good. Uh, it's it's up where you listen to podcasts. If you subscribe to us on uh, Spotify or Apple, it'll be there. It's worth uh, checking out. We'll do that every uh, two weeks starting good. yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Got that. Uh, more coming from MPW Digital. Again, Rebel Grove. I'll make a post and kind of put some of this baseball stuff in a little more perspective and kind of where things sit here as of uh, 
July 12th at uh, mid-morning or so. So check that out and more Media Day coming up in a week. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Check RebelGrove.com in the meantime. Take care. Have a good day. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com